I hope you're all having a fabulous Monday, like genuinely, truly. And I absolutely am too. So today's episode, I decided to sit down and sort of like once and for all tell you all my story because I feel like I've had I never know when people start to follow me, you know? So I always like am confused. I'm like, don't you guys know this about me? And then people are like, no, of course I don't know this about you. But like, that's because I don't know, it's hard for me to like reiterate my story 24 7 without it seeming like really annoying. So this is sort of like the once and for all of that, as well as the story of my robes, the story of how and why I created them, because today they are officially open for pre order, which I just can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. I am feeling a little overwhelmed as I get started with the launch, but this journey has definitely taught me a lot about like taking a step back and relaxing and just coming from an authentic place. It doesn't have to be a good place. It doesn't have to be a bad place, but it is what I'm feeling. You know, it's authentic. So let's get started. I've officially been an influencer for two years now too. So I just feel like it's a good time to like sit down and reflect. I've been post-grad for two years, launching a product. Things are changing. Things are crazy. So I'll still be sharing this week's like smart and superficial tips in the Thursday episode where we will continue our chats about creating great rituals for yourself. Um, But today we are talking about the story of who I am and why I decided to make this product secondarily. Let's take it all the way back. Let's do it. It feels very odd for me, honestly, to sit here and talk about myself like this, but I just want it all to be in like one place. So I'm originally from rural Missouri slash St. Louis, Missouri, where I grow, grew up like pretty low income. I had a ton of siblings, like literally seven siblings. My mom had me when she was 16 years old and she and I are, we've definitely had our differences. Like I think anyone who has a teen mom can relate to like, you sort of grow up together and it can be hard but my mom is also the most like reliable person she is kind kind like to a fault sometimes and I think the biggest thing I've learned from her is that like you just have to figure it out sometimes and people always ask me like how do you stay motivated blah 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 and I think it's not really motivation it's actually this like survival skill that I learned from her which is like we are surviving. We're going to figure out, figure it out. We're going to laugh and we're going to get through it. And like, we always get through it. So that's sort of why I'm not necessarily motivated. I'm just like constantly like I, I've been at the bottom, so I'm not scared of going back there, you know? And because I know I can get through anything. Like when you've gone through what myself and my mom have gone through, like shit doesn't really phase you like that. My mom has always been really passionate about education, so she used these finessing skills to get me into a private school, which is called City Academy. So at like a young age, we had been bouncing between living in rural Missouri, um, where my family was living, to finally St. Louis, where my stepdad lives or like wanted moved to after they graduated college. And that's where I really started thriving. City Academy. I was actually, oh my God, I was so dramatic about moving to St. Louis. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to have any friends there. Like, girl, like I was trying to be so dramatic. Like, girl, there was no, you could go to St. Louis. Okay, you're fine. So we moved to St. Louis and we don't live in a very good neighborhood. So my mom ends up sending me back to rural Missouri because 
there was just so many issues in our neighborhood. And finally, she gets me into this private school that's sort of designed to help kids who live in that really rough neighborhood get a great education. And I am so passionate about City Academy. I donate to them. I care so much about them. They are such a great school. This is the first place that I started, people started expecting greatness from me instead of expecting me to fail. Because when you grow up in a rough neighborhood, you know, like nobody's like expecting you to be super successful, you know, like they're just sort of expecting you to fall into the same traps they did. And this school, I just remember so clearly like a teacher saying to me, like, I know you're better than this. And I will never forget that feeling. I was like nine years old, literally. And that's sort of like where it all started for me. And from there, I skipped fifth grade and I went on to the best private secondary school in the country. Uh, Not the country. Girl, shut up. Not the country. In Missouri, in the St. Louis metropolitan area. It was a school for nerds. And this is where I started feeling really insecure about my financial situation and sort of where I think I got this exceptional, this need to be really, like the need for external validation really started at this school. And I'm not going to say the name that like, I mean, you could know the name of the school if you look me up, but I just like this school was full of trauma for me, genuinely, like very lucky to have this education. I don't think you can top the education. I learned so much. I had such a great curriculum and everything like that. Like it was definitely challenging and prepared me really well for college, but the environment was super toxic. And you can ask anyone, even if they weren't poor, going to that school was just a toxic environment. It was a boarding school. So I lived there from grades seven through 12. So for six years. And like I said, I got really insecure about my financial situation. And when I say that the kids here were super rich, I'm not saying they had like Ugg boots and a BMW. No girl. These kids were quite literally wearing Birkins to class. Like Birkins. If you don't know what a Birkin is, it's a $20,000 handbag. My eighth grade roommate, because I like she she flew to Chicago one weekend to go pick up a new Birkin for her mom. What? Like I was exposed to such intense luxury at like 12 years old. And I was from the actual opposite of like literally the hood in St. Louis. And I really wanted to fit in because I was not rich and I wanted so badly to be not just, I didn't really want to be rich. I just wanted to fit in with my, all the people around me. And that's how everyone was. And so that the sort of only way you could prove yourself in that environment was by being cool or by being really smart. And I also felt like the kids there didn't think I was smart enough. And like, It's just so funny because the name of this podcast now, but those kids definitely did not think I was smart enough. And like when I got into Northwestern, I just remember people being like, it's because you're black. And like, I just remember there were so many racist incidents at that school. I had a teacher one time, like, so imagine this, it's 2014, Mike Brown just died in your neighborhood in St. Louis and you come back to school And we had to read, I was in AP literature or something, and we were reading Huckleberry Finn and um, Invisible Man at the same time. Both of these books, Huckleberry Finn is like one of the most famous books, Mark Twain, and they say the N-word in a lot. And Invisible Man is obviously this very intense book about race where it's the middle of like these like uprisings. It's the beginning of Black Lives Matter. It's like 
and I'm 15 years old. And like, I remember getting to class one day and my teacher was always really passionate about having this conversation every year of like, should white people be able to say the N-word? Mind you, I was one of three black people who attended that school in the entire six years that I was there. So I don't know why we're having this conversation without black people. And I spoke up in that class one time and he was like, oh, look, the angry black woman has arrived. Like, no irony. Like he was saying that. I felt so insecure. I felt so insecure about my financial situation, about my race, about whether or not I was smart enough and whether my race was playing into that or not. Like, And it was just a really, really hard experience for me to go to school there. And Obviously, I became a very insecure person after that. Like, you can definitely see how that happened. So that lack of belonging was just exacerbated so much by by race and by financials and by so many other things. And when I got into Northwestern, that was the first time I actually felt worthy because I was like, oh, I can get into a top school too, you know, despite all these things that like I am like, no, I don't have money. Yes, I am black. Yes, I have all these other problems, but like I, at least I have this external thing, you know, and that sort of just when I got to Northwestern where everybody is like really smart and really wants all of that external validation too, or I, I just wanted more of that external validation so I could feel like I fit in because I didn't really feel worthy when I got there. That was the first time I felt like my wealthy high school peers like accepted and respected me. And that's when I started to rely on external validation. And I thought I had made it when I got into Northwestern, but I was very wrong. I had no idea about the business world or what I wanted to do when I grew up. And my freshman fall, obviously Donald Trump was elected. So I was in the Medill School of Journalism at that time. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing journalism when this is what's going on like in the world, you know? And I, I, it hit really hard. Like it was really tough. And so after four years, three majors, three different majors. Yes, I switched multiple times. Settled on political science, LOL, TBT. And I had three very prestigious internships. I learned that I really liked working. I had multiple club leadership positions and I loved being a leader. I was, I'm just a natural leader. And it's because I'm the oldest of eight kids. Like it's not a humble, it's not a brag. It's just who I am. I'm a bossy person and I have to work on that. And then I got even got into Wharton's MBA program as a senior. So I did a deferred admissions program where you basically apply as a senior and then you get in to their two-year full-time MBA program, but you have to defer for two to four years before you attend. So I'm in my second, my third deferral year. I have to let them know if I'm going to go next year or the year after. I, I had the job at Google. I had every possible little external validation thing that you could have. And the pandemic hit in my senior spring. And around the same time, I experienced a massive trauma that like I still can't really talk about. And this was just when I was at my lowest. Like I had all this external success, but I was so insecure. I was putting up with bullshit from people I did not like. I felt very ugly in my body. I had no self-worth. I remember this is around the time when I decided to like get a therapist and I was like, I said to her, I was like, I have all of this stuff, but I have no self-confidence. And it was hard. I just can't even believe how mean I was to myself at that time because wow, like the entire year of 2020 was so dark for me with the combination of the pandemic, 
racial unrest, <laughs> which like I blocked out all of summer 2020 because that shit was just so awful. Being bullied on the internet due to like the diet drama I had gotten wrapped in up in and then starting my job at Google that I thought was going to be like the end all be all was going to make me so happy. Like I got this dream job. Like once you get the dream job, like you're set for life, right? wrong then the election was at that time too jesus christ like it was just really dark like it was very much a dark time and so at the end of that year when i turned 22 i kind of recognized that like i had to create that happiness for myself like if i wanted to be happy if i wanted to you know get whatever feeling i wanted or get whatever accomplishment i wanted like I had to create, it was up to me. I had to heal myself instead of relying on others. Like this job at Google wasn't going to make me happy. This, these like external things had obviously not made me happy. So what was it really going to be, you know? And that sort of, I had to figure out what that was through my own like healing journey. And so that's when I had started journaling, which became an incredible way for me to process everything that had happened to me that I had done wrong at that time. I I journaled literally every single day and sometimes just for hours just to handle what was happening in the world. I started walking so much and I think walking is up there with journaling. They're probably tied. Like if I am ever really anxious, I go on a walk and that helps me just like release pent up frustration in my body, which is so, so, so important. And I lived alone at this time. And so for the first time, it was like the rest of the world, other people's energy was like not around me. And so I was able to create rituals that were designed for me to be happy and they weren't relying on whatever club meeting or all these other things that were going on in the world. They were just for me so that I could be happy instead of other people. And so this was like the first time I had ever been doing things exclusively for myself as opposed to 100% for not only helping other people, but like so that other people would approve of me. I find my groove thanks to all these rituals. So the rituals are, you know, my morning routine, my evening routine, journaling, walking, designing my days around my own mental health as opposed to around other people's opinions. And that's a huge privilege to have. And I think a lot of it came from work from home because I don't think I would have gotten this like in touch with myself if we had been going to the office 1000%. I think I would have stayed in that like extreme reliance on external validation despite like the my first role at Google. I just like didn't enjoy the work. I still did the work like 100%, but I just didn't enjoy it. And I think I would have like forced myself to enjoy it and like not have been like, oh, like if there's something else, I want to do something else as opposed to like, I would have just like kept going because I felt like I had to. So fast forward, I sort of found my groove finally in adulthood thanks to my self-care routine, thanks to these special rituals, this alone time. I got a new role. I became a full-blown influencer. I was living it up in New York City. I had got, I had overcome really hard things like financial instability. I had sort of made it out of poverty. This is the first time I wasn't relying on like paycheck to paycheck, like had zero dollars in my bank account. And I, and I, I got there. And then in December 2021, I got COVID and that made me home alone on Christmas. And so I was very raw at this time, very stressed out and sad. And I didn't think I'd be so sad because 
I was like, oh, I need some downtime, you know, girl, I've been running 24-7, like, around the clock. But one night, that's when I sort of got the idea for the robes because I was alone. I wanted to feel cozy. I wanted to feel some sense of relaxation and luxury. And I had had a ton of different robes before and I had always loved being a robe girl because the tea is I sleep naked. Like I do not like wearing clothes when I'm home. I don't like putting on bras. I just like to be in a robe 24-7. And it also just makes me feel like I'm in a luxurious hotel. And that to me, like nice hotels were always so out of reach for me up until like literally this past year. And so robes have always made me feel like, oh, like you're in a nice, it's like the symbol of relaxation and luxury for everyone, literally. And it's also just a very functional garment for those of us who are haters of clothing. So essentially I came up with this idea because I was looking for a robe with a great brand that sort of spoke to me like something interesting and something that was just better. Like every robe had like shitty design. And I was like, why is the belt falling out all the time? Why do these sleeves not roll up well? Like what is going on here? And I was like, it doesn't make sense. So I scoured the internet looking for a better option. Even the nice, cool, new brands that have come up of robes still have the same shitty design where the sleeves and the belt And the material often just don't hold up well and they're not functional for those of us who like to spend a lot of time in a robe. And I understand that that's not the majority of the population, but it's my life. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I came up with the idea for Two Collective and calling it Two Collective is because we're taking back that word too. Like I've always been told I was too much or I was too this or I was not enough this or whatever. And I got to really, and, and like, I think when I came up with the name of too smart for this, I just felt like the two could just really encompass everything here. So I came up with that. I was sitting on my bed journaling and I was like, I'm going to make this happen this year. Then I got sidetracked obviously with another venture. And then, but every time I would like talk about it with people, they'd be like, absolutely. That is so smart. That is so incredible. So I eventually started looking. uh, So I had gotten validation for the idea from tons of different people in my world from random dudes who I would tell and they'd be like, this is a really smart business idea, bro, to like other robe girls who were like, yes, this is what I need. And that's when I started looking for manufacturers. And girl, I struggled with this. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But eventually through, you can watch my TikTok if you want to hear more about this, I discovered my consultants and they are have over 14 or 13 years of experience in the industry, have worked with major brands and have connections with tons of different factories. And they're women owned and I really wanted to work with them because they have connection. They have they also have a similar passion for ethical and sustainable garments. I did not want to bring to market something that I would have to live with horrible working conditions for these people. Like I can't live with that. Like that was not something I wanted to do. And I knew I could have gone the easy route of wholesaling robes and like actually I couldn't have because I had such a design that I wanted to do, but I had looked into it. And I was like I can't do that. Then I also was concerned about sustainability because I also didn't want to be wasteful at all. Like as an influencer, I get a lot of packages and a lot of PR shit and a lot of it is really wasteful and it makes me really agitated. So I was like, I need need a sustainable in mind, 
ethically made custom product. And these people were able to help me bring that to life. And they've been great to work with. And that's how we've gotten to where we are now. And so I, at the same time as I'm working on developing the product, I worked on developing the brand with my good friend, Lola, who is the founder of The Brand Doula, which is an incredible brand studio. I mean, they are geniuses. They've helped me bring my vision to life. It's beautiful. I mean, if you look at our Instagram, if you look at the website, if you look at everything, you're like, girl, this is gorgeous. I'm like, yes, girl, it is. So I am just really happy about that. And I was developing the branding with them. I was developing the product. And I got the first sample in late August or, or no, in late July, which is around the time that my grandmother passed away. But we made edits to the samples. I am so excited. They look incredible. You guys are going to love them. And that's sort of what we shot in for the photo shoot of all the photos that are live on the Instagram right now. But I then decided that... Uh, like originally this whole time that I'm planning this, I'm like, I'm going to launch at holiday because cozy, thick, plush material is what we're doing for the first launch. And there is multiple other styles that I'm working on. One of them is like a classic terry cloth style that I have the sample for that I literally live in. Like it's so good because it's not cold enough yet for a super plush cozy robe. So I live in like the terry cloth one. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But um, I, I also wanted to do a light, like an airy, thin, cottonish robe for when it's like springtime, summertime. This whole time I'm like, I'm going to launch it holiday. And then I'm like, wait, I don't know how many people want this? Like, I'm so confused. Like, I, it could be 100 people. It could be 100,000 people. I have no idea how many people want this. I need to do something different. And I talked to a ton of different people. I talked to my friend Dolma. I talked to Jules. I talked to my consultants. I talked to everyone. I'm like, what do I do here? Because I don't know what I want. And I was very against doing the pre-order model. I just don't think it's sexy. I'm very impatient. I like getting shit that I order immediately. But I also knew I didn't want to be wasteful. And I wanted everyone who wants a robe to be able to get a robe, you know? Like, I don't want to leave people hanging in and be, have them be frustrated with their customer experience. So I was finally was like, okay, I guess I'll do pre-orders. But I was like, well, when do I have to do pre-orders if I want everyone to get their robes by Christmas? And the manufacturers were like, yesterday. And I was like, oh, cool. So it's not, this isn't how I wanted to do the launch. I had like other dreams for it, but eventually learned that like launching a product at holiday is never a good idea. Um... <laughs> which is, you know, painful. And I've learned so much about business in the last few months. And it's like, girl, this is making the most sense for me, for my business, blah, blah, blah. And I, and now we're at this time where it's time to place these pre-orders. And now everyone who wants a robe is going to be able to get it by Christmas. I do want to share way more about the behind the scenes of how all this works how I got to where I am now, how the launch goes, but we don't know how the launch goes until you guys start purchasing tomorrow. I will keep you guys updated on all of this because it's what I wish I had when I decided to start a business and that's exciting to me. So with all that being said, the Too Cozy Robe is available now in a super plush handmade fabric that is sustainably and ethically made. Well, I do want to say this about sustainability. Sustainability is not something that's 
physically possible. The most sustainable thing to do is to not consume. But if you are going to consume, you do want to do it from businesses that are are definitely putting it at the forefront of their values and care more about that than like their profit margins sometimes, you know? Like sometimes you do have to pay a little bit more to get a higher quality, more sustainably made item. I'm not calling my business the most sustainable business out there. That's literally not possible. It's not true, period. It's not. I'm not using like the recycled water bottles or whatever to make the fabric. That's not what I'm doing here. But I am using as little material as possible, as little packaging as possible so that you and everything is recyclable and biodegradable so that we don't contribute more than we have to to bring a better product to the market. That being said, the pre-orders are open from now until October 1st, which is the final day you can place your order. Just let me know. They're open until October 1st. If you sign up for the email list below, you will get a 15% off coupon. So you can get 15% off until September 23rd. That's when the discount ends. And these robes will be delivered to you in mid-November. And basically the first few hundred orders will be delivered faster. And then if we go over a certain quantity, they will be delivered closer to Christmas. But I'll keep you updated with all of that. But With all that said, I'm really excited about this launch and I would love to know your all's opinions on how it's going. Some, if you have any like constructive criticism or feedback for me, please send it to me, but send it to me in a way that's not (laughs) degrading because I feel like I am new to this. I want to be really honest that like this is my first product I've ever launched. I don't know everything that I'm doing, period. But I have a lot of great people in my corner who are helping me, who are experts. And if there's something that we don't do well, then I want to hear about it so that I can do it better for the next launch, you know? But do not come to me in a really mean way because if you want positivity and if you want happiness and if you want, you know, a good response to something – you've got to give that as well. So definitely email or DM me if you have any constructive feedback. The robes are available in sizes 0 through 5X. So essentially a size 1 is a small medium, a size 2 is a large extra large, a size 3 is a 2X, 3X, and a size 4 is a 4X, 5X. So it's available up to 5X. If you need a bigger size, just DM me and we will get it to you because like I said, these are pre-orders. We can get it custom made by all means. And with that being said, I am so excited and I just want to say the most heartfelt, well saying something's heartfelt is not heartfelt, but you know what I mean. Such a big thank you to all of you who sit down or walk or do whatever and listen to this show twice a week. You all, I feel like, are the ones who understand me so much more than random people on the internet. You are determined to work on yourself That is a big deal because when I decided to be determined on working on myself and figuring out what made me happy, that's when my life changed for the better. And I want that for all of you so badly. I think we all deserve to live a life where our rituals create happiness for us and we don't just listen to what other people want from us. we're, We're not beholden to other people's opinions about us and that we just get to enjoy our lives. And I want that for you really badly. I hope this podcast helps you do that. I hope my content helps you do that. And I hope this robe helps you feel luxurious and happy when, as we get into this holiday cold weather season. And I love you the most. I am so grateful for your continued support. It does not go unnoticed. I'm not good at accepting compliments, but I'm getting there. And I want to say a huge thank you to you. So to collective.com, 
the ropes are available now. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself. Oh, 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 o